Hey, this is your host, Jeremiah Latimo, and this is Gates of Perception. The totality of the universe is it's just perception. And uh, it's how we perceive things. And uh, there are no facts, only interpretations. The, the psychical events are facts, are realities. And when you observe the stream of images within, you observe an aspect of the world, of the world within. And so, you see, the man who is going by the external world, by the influences of the external world, say, society or perceptions, sense perceptions, thinks that he, he is more valid. Don't relate yourself to any person, anything, any idea. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. So today's episode is going to be on healing the father wound. I get this question a lot and I recently got it on a live that I did uh, on Instagram and I've received it countless times through workshops that I've done uh, just to go in depth a little bit more looking to create at some point in the near future a workshop around healing the father wound but i just wanted to until that time just give some insight give some tools to anybody healing a father wound and with father's day coming up i think it's perfect time to really start to see where we have room to kind of acknowledge this wound or to accept it or to actually start making some progress and healing it. So uh, this episode is dedicated to healing the father wound. So I'll be sharing what, in my definition, is the father wound, uh, how it affects us, some signs that you do have a father wound, um, and how to heal it, a couple of ways that I've learned to support myself in healing the father wound and also a spiritual uh, modality or reframe or perspective to support you and also healing the spiritual aspect of the father wound as well. Um, So yeah, with that, let's just jump into it. So before we begin, if you haven't listened to my episode, The Effects of Our Collective Father Wound, I highly suggest you tune into that before you listen to this one, just to get a lot more insight into my perspective around the father wound and its manifestation and how it affects us, affects us collectively and affects us in our relationships, uh, because I won't focus too much on that in this episode. So check out that episode uh, before you listen to this one or after you listen to this one, if you want more an in-depth analysis around the father wound. The definition of the father wound is, in my understanding, a term used to describe or reference the damage that's done to somebody that has experienced or had a relationship with a father that was emotionally absent, physically absent, physically abusive, emotionally abusive, or neglectful and completely unavailable. So the father wound shows up very differently for each individual based on who your father was, how he showed up, whether he showed up or not. 
but the pain is similar and the effects and how it materializes is very similar. But it does show up differently in men and in women. And the reason I say that is because I also see the mother wound showing up differently for men and women. Because when you think of these parental wounds, they're not just between father and daughter, father and son, mother and daughter, mother and son. They're also between two people that belong to the same family tree that also are children of one creator. So when you look at it from that lens, there's a different effect that happens between me and my father. He's not just my father, he's also my brother, right? And we're also both men. So there's a thread of pain that isn't just between, wait, that was my father and this is how he showed up. It's also like, whoa, that was my brother and this is how he treated me. And whoa, this is another man and this is how he showed up in the relationship with me. And so it impacts my ideas and relationship to manhood, brotherhood, fatherhood, and my own self-identity. And so the same applies for women with their mother. There's not just that pain associated with, wow, like that was my mother and she was abusive or hypercritical of me, but it's just including that this is a sister-sister relationship and there's a sister wound that's manifested as well and impact of what womanhood is that's that's negatively affected. So I say that to share that this is what I mean by it manifests very differently for both people because my father wound is might cut a little deeper than my sister's because my sister's ideas of sisterhood and brotherhood are not impacted by her relationship with my father. They're not, but mine are. So I just wanted to bring that piece into the conversation because that's important. I'm going to do my best to try to highlight the differences as much as I can in this conversation. So if you're in a space where right now where you're like, wait, do I have a father wound? How can I tell if I have a father wound? What are some of the signs? It's important to kind of just analyze what your relationship to your father was. So that means you can ask yourself questions like, was I afraid of my father when I was growing up? Was he hypercritical of my decisions, my choices, uh, my boyfriends, my girlfriends? Uh, did he withhold in any way as kind of like a punishment towards me? Uh, was he even present? Like, was he there in my life or was he always at work or was he emotionally unavailable? Was he even involved in your life in any way? And when he was, was he physically abusive? Did you feel like you always had to watch what you said around him because anything could set him off? He was super reactive. Um, these are some of the signs of you being able to notice that you have a wound with your relationship with your father because all of these type of qualities of a relationship with him indicate that on some level you felt unsafe and uncomfortable, unseen, unheard, unmet. And so when we feel that way, especially when we feel unsafe and safety is very rare um, in our connection with our father, it's a rare experience. 
we're in a constant state of survival. And in that state, we're going to develop certain coping mechanisms to find ways in which we can relate to our father that allows us to avoid the experience of abandonment or rejection. Whether that's happening or not, we form a relationship with ourselves that supports us in feeling safe within the relationship. Whether it's safe or not, we're just trying to establish a baseline of safety for ourselves. Meaning that I learn to self-suppress. I learn to betray myself and abandon parts of myself to actually feel safe within my environment, within the unsafety of my environment. And so some questions to ask yourself that could kind of help you get a better understanding of what relationship you created with yourself as a result of the relationship you had with your father is how did my father respond to my emotions And also, how did my father respond to his own emotions? I'm going to get into that a little bit later on, but that's one question to ask. Another is, what messages did I receive from my father about love, about sex, about relationships, both directly and indirectly through what he modeled? Another is, what healthy qualities in a man were in friends am i logically attracted to but physically repelled by so the connecting question with that one is what unhealthy qualities about my father do i unconsciously seek in my partners so that is is a really really good one to uh, kind of evaluate and explore and the last one is when my father was in pain and emotionally hurt, how did I react? How did I respond? So this is a good one to figure out what narratives did you tell yourself when your father had emotional responses to you, whether that was sadness, whether that was anger, whether that was shutting down, whether that was just him not being around. How did you react? How did you respond? What narratives did you then form about yourself? And tuning into how much of this do you still carry and internalize today? So jumping into now some of the damages of this type of relationship, like being in that kind of connection with um, a father that's an alcoholic or abusive or emotionally absent, things like that. There are a lot of experiences that we're going to have that in relationships as adults uh, that's going to be manifested out of this Um, some are poor self-esteem and self-worth a lot of that is going to be an inability to commit to relationships or an inability to attract partners that are committed to us Um, poor boundaries and just one-sided relationships Uh, a lot of unhealthy dynamics and perfectionism. So I want people to tune into just what a father's love represents. And for me, that is guidance, that is protection, that is provision, security, safety, and stability. So if I'm constantly in relationships where I sacrifice my need for any of these things, whether that's safety, whether that's commitment, whether that's provision, whether that's uh, protection, whether that's 
some kind of stability, this all was going to point me back to my father wound. And if in the relationship with myself, I constantly do not provide myself the level of guidance that I need. I don't take responsibility for my life. I don't actually have direction in where I'm going, where my path is leading me, and where do I want to go. If I'm constantly a perfectionist, hypercritical of myself, of my body, of my, of my looks, this is all a indication of my father wound. So I'm going to highlight a little bit about the difference for men and women in relation to just some of the damage that can happen as a result of having a father wound like this. Women that have fathers in their life, that had their father with them, if that father was emotionally stunted, and that father would shut down over overwhelming experience, or that father was angry and reactive, or that father just wasn't really emotionally mature. The consequences of a daughter being in that space is that early on, she learns to mother grown men. She stops seeing men as grown, full adults and only sees them as little boys that are in need of mothering, that are in need of somebody to take responsibility for their emotions, their need that needs somebody to coddle them. So a lot of fathers actually have children, especially daughters, out of a yearning for unconditional love. And so when a father has a daughter, what he then sees in her is his opportunity to finally feel unconditionally loved. And especially if his relationship with his wife or his baby mother is not a healthy one, is not empowering, is one where he may be dominated or he's dominating her, he's going to start to essentially train his daughter to emotionally caretake to him. So that's going to be in his absence. That's going to be in the way he dumps his emotions on her. That's going to be in the way he complains about maybe his mother to her. It's going to be in a lot of different ways in which he's essentially teaching his daughter to emotionally caretake to men, to caretake to their feelings, to take responsibility for their feelings, and maybe even not hold them accountable or set boundaries around uh, how they show up in relation to her. And so another thing is, if that girl has a father that is present, is with her, right? This isn't, we're talking about a scenario where a woman grows up with a father that is not physically absent. But if that father in that relationship, this is a very, very subtle experience of rejection that kind of goes unnoticed, kind of flies past the radar, but it's a very real one. When a father does not have a healthy relationship with his own inner feminine, he hasn't unpacked his misogyny, he hasn't unlearned sexism, he hasn't unlearned patriarchal conditioning. Early on, when he has his daughter, she's born, she's a toddler, he's going to probably be capable of showering her with all of the love, all of the affection, all of the kisses, and just be fully present, right? Because again, who 
wouldn't be able to spoil and love and care and support and protect an innocent, sweet, beautiful little girl, right? Most men can do that. Most men are capable of that. But the triggering point, the turn of events, the shift in the relationship is when that little girl actually starts to become a woman. That little girl starts to form her own identity that is actually separate from the identity that her father wants her to embrace or that her mother wants her to strive for, whatever it is. She's carving her own path, right? She's in the process of individuation. That is going to be triggering as fuck to her father if he is a man that has not unpacked his misogyny, his internalized rage against the feminine, his desire to control the feminine, the things that he has not yet addressed even with his relationship with his mother, this aspect of his daughter's growth reveals unresolved things within him. And if that man has not been committed to his self-improvement, to his healing journey, what then becomes of the relationship with his daughter is one where he's either super controlling of her, very hypercritical, overprotective, or he's always shutting down. He's not really present. He's not really available for her like he was before. And it kind of creates this distance and keeps her at an arm's length for the rest of their relationship. So that could look like he only talks with her about certain things like work or what she's going to be doing when she grows up, but he doesn't care about her inner world anymore. He doesn't care about her desires. He doesn't care about who she is becoming. It seems as if he's lost interest in who his daughter is. And this is a very, like I said, it's a very subtle experience of rejection because it's not immediate. It's gradual. It doesn't shock you right away. It doesn't happen right in your face. It is a gradual development of rejection, of abandonment between a father and a young girl. So a lot of women actually carry this type of wounding and don't recognize that maybe the reason that they're craving to feel chosen by men is because for some reason, their father stopped choosing to spend time with them, stopped choosing to care about who they are, stopped choosing to take interest in them, stopped valuing them, stopped cherishing who they were, stopped seeing their essence, stopped seeing their innocence. And so that girl searches for that in the eyes of every man she meets, in the eyes of every man she loves. And so this is a really, really big, deep cut. Especially if you have a girl that identifies as a daddy's girl. This is a really, really deep cut. And so it's kind of different if your father was just completely absent and just wasn't there. Most women that have that kind of experience end up really becoming cold, aloof, um, rigid, and, you know, very, very closed off. And they actually abandon others before anyone has the opportunity to abandon them. They don't give commitment out freely or generously to anyone. 
and are often very independent, hyper-independent, you know, very rooted in their capacity to rely on themselves. And this, again, is a survival strategy that the needs that they had for their father solely to bare minimum, his presence, his literally his physical presence, wasn't met. It was rejected. And by that experience, it kind of teaches somebody that, wait, I can expect this from people. And so I have to give it to myself. And, you know, the person that you need the most teaches you. You don't need anybody. That creates a sense of distrust for other people, but it creates a sense of hyper-independence where you don't feel like you need to depend on anybody. You feel like you have it all together and you can do it all by yourself. So this is not really genuine from what I'm trying to communicate. It's not a genuine uh, declaration of independence and self-reliance and sovereignty. It is a survival strategy. It is not something that's truly genuine. And again, for most women, biologically, that's not really what is going to, it's not going to allow them to feel nourished. That's not going to allow them to feel safe. That's not going to bring the healing that they really desire in their lives and the transformation that they seek in their relationships. Now, for men, this is kind of similar, but a little different. The experience for men isn't rejection. In some extent, it is, but it's abandonment. So if a father is physically present, he's in the young boy's life, what happens for a man that has a son, but that man hasn't actually grown beyond this primitive model of masculinity that's rooted in this one dimension of being a man, which is, it's all about being tough. It's all about being strong, being disciplined, hardworking. It's, you know, you have to always be stoic, uh, be removed from your emotions. If he's bought into that, then similar to the girl, anybody can love a cute, adorable young boy. And most often fathers are actually very available, very playful, very lovey, cuddly, and warm to their young boy. But as soon as that young boy starts to get old enough to be involved in sports, starts to progress and starts to get older and starts to go to high school and, you know, he's interested in women and this is around the time that the father's programming around masculinity comes online. And this programming starts to restrict the movements of his son. So the father is no longer very playfully, cuddly, uh, sensitive, and carefree with his son. He actually becomes very rigid with his son. He only talks to his son about girls. He only talks to his son about winning or losing. He only pushes his son to be more disciplined. He only pushes his son to be more uh, hardworking. And the father doesn't express that kind, sensitive, loving, fun side anymore. And this teaches a boy to actually become alienated from his own sensitivity. The part of him that wants his dad to still play with him, still cuddle him, still give him kisses, still hold him, 
still sleep with him at night. He realizes, especially if that father is hypercritical of him, shames him for having emotions outside of anger. If that father is relating to him in that way, then that child then learns to actually reject and disregard this part of himself. He learns that, wait, this is really not doing me any good. My father is rejecting me. He's shaming me. And again, I'm going to internalize that as a child as death. Like that feels like dying because my livelihood, my sense of connection is dependent on how close I feel to this person and how happy I make them or how well I can please them. And I'm not doing that right now. And this sensitive side of myself is actually blocking that. So men learn very early on that, wait, let me, let me cut this part out. Especially if the mother is also bought into that story, bought into that type of programming, most likely she has if she chose that type of man to be her baby's father, then he's experiencing it from both sides, this rejection of his sensitivity. And so then what you have is men that grow up with a disconnection from their sensitive side, not by choice. Again, this is not by choice. This is literally a survival response because we are going to prioritize connection over authenticity. Because what does my authenticity equate to? It equates to being shamed. It equates to being ridiculed. It equates to being rejected and possibly even verbally and physically abused by my family. Authenticity doesn't lead to connection. Authenticity doesn't lead to what I think love is. It leads to just rejection. So I'm going to self-suppress. I'm going to self-betray. And so that's how you get these men that are very emotionally unavailable as adults, very emotionally disconnected, very afraid of intimacy. Because that's what happens. That's what happened for them. They brought these parts of themselves online and then they were rejected. They were ridiculed. They were told that this made them weak. And so the last piece there for men is to understand that the father wound also shows up as becoming a womanizer as an adult. And that means that you understand that in the relationship with your father, you're always trying to gain and maintain his respect. And so if your father has bought into these sexist and patriarchal ways of thinking and viewing women, you then internalize that as an avenue to gain his respect and the respect of other men. So that leads men to be surrounded by guys that are assholes, that are terrible to their partners, that are cheaters, that are you know abusive and things like that. That leads them to kind of find themselves within this crowd and morph themselves to become men like that. Because then they believe that that's what's going to gain them the respect of other men. And that's why women will tell you, like, I don't think men like women. And it's not that men don't like women. It's that men believe that if I don't like women, if I don't treat women well, if I look down upon women, then I maintain the respect of my brothers and my father. 
it's not that men don't like women. It's that the ways in which men are attempting to gain and maintain respect of the cult of men that they exist within, that they refer to as their brothers, that they see as their fathers, their elders, their mentors, this group is leading them to respond to women in a way that shows that they don't really care. They don't really like women. So it is uncool. It is not accepted to relate to women in a way that is affectionate, that is loving, that is caring, that is devoted. Men today are actually shamed for being in love and being devoted to their partners. Like these men are referred to as simps. They're referred to as betas. Anytime a man is really, really praising and saying how much he loves his partner, saying how much he's devoted to her, the cult of men around him, the influencers, the creators, whatever that group is, actually shames these men. So most men don't actually have the inner strength and the courage to stand firm and who they are and who they know themselves to be, which is maybe a lover or a devoted partner, a devoted husband. Most men can actually regulate through that level of uh, disappointment, right? The disappointment of other men. And so they conform and they box themselves in to be somebody that they're really not. And I'm only sharing this from my own personal experience of being in high school and going through this. I was actually a very, like a like lover boy. I was always a lover boy. I've always written poetry, like written love letters. I was watching Boy Meets World at a young age and like dreaming about my dream wedding and like planning the whole proposal out. Like I've been a lover boy since day one. But as I started to grow up and I wanted to belong, that's the need at the center of it is the sense of belonging, which is a natural human necessity. Uh, that desire then made me realize that me being open and honest about this side of me is not going to get me the type of community and brotherhood that I want. It's actually going to get me alienated. It's actually going to make me stick out. It might even get me bullied or beat up. So let me abandon that part of myself. Let me reject that part of myself. So for men, it's important to realize, like, who do I surround myself around? Who are the brothers that I keep with me and that I refer to as my brothers? And what kind of outdated beliefs about masculinity is each one of these men representing? Because each of these men are a manifestation of your relationship with masculinity. So now sharing a little more about the ways in which we can actually heal the father wound. Um, I've talked a lot about the damages because it's so extensive. Um, maybe I'll do a podcast again if you guys want that. Uh, maybe a part two, go a little more in depth, but some ways to heal it. So the biggest one is going to be noticing what I mentioned before, the narratives, damages and also what's referred to as the father gap so seeing what is the love that i received from my father versus what i actually needed to feel safe secure and seen 
the gap in between between what he gave you and what you actually needed that is your responsibility so that's your responsibility to give that to yourself to look at that gap and say am i actually awakening these feelings of protection safety guidance and radical responsibility in my own life in the relationship with myself if not then i know where my work is so that means like if you realize for yourself your father never really supported your gifts never really created visibility for the beautiful person you were becoming if you look at the relationship with yourself and you're a great singer you're a great writer you're a great author um you make beautiful skirts but you've never never like created visibility for that part of yourself to be celebrated that's where your work is that's where your work is is creating visibility for your truth to be seen to be celebrated and to be acknowledged by others so another example of this is if your father didn't give you any guidance in life so this could have showed up in two ways one your father gave you too much guidance which means that he gave you a fixed and rigid path to follow meaning that you have to become this you have to become a doctor you have to become an engineer and if you don't then i won't approve of you or there is no guidance like do whatever the hell you want become whatever you want and there was a kind of no interest in what you could possibly become or who you were interested in becoming so both show up as a lack of guidance and what that often leads is to a lack of direction in life and a loss of values and principles so in our relationships what we'll do is that we'll sacrifice our values and principles for security this is a deep deep manifestation of the father wound we sacrifice our values and principles to maintain security and connection within a relationship so healing that is becoming very acquainted with what your values and principles are and choosing relationships based on those that align with that this is going to be very healing because one thing that you're doing is you're beginning to cultivate the inner father you're cultivating healthy inner father presence so that means that you're now giving yourself your inner children the security the guidance the safety that your father did not give you this is cultivating inner father energy when you have a secure stable inner father you will no longer be swayed by your father's disappointment in you by your father's expectations of you by trying to please or caretake to your father because you have an actual foundation established within yourself so inner father cultivation is important in healing the father wound and it's done through giving yourself the things that your father did not give you so the second one is going to be seeing his humanity this does not mean jumped to forgive your father rush to jump out of your body to start to 
want to be there for him, start to love and praise him because, oh my God, he was, you know, just doing the best that he could. Whatever cognitive rhetoric that your mind spews out to avoid the uncomfortable feelings of acknowledging the full depth and the full range of your rage, of your disappointment, and of your fucking grief, don't buy into it. Don't buy into it. Forgiveness, if you do it the right way, it's not going to be a choice. It's not premeditated at all. So take this with a grain of salt. Recognize where you're at on your journey. Recognize that if you're constantly extending compassion, patience, and forgiveness towards your father, but you avoid acknowledging how fucking upset betrayed or abandoned you feel this part of the process is not for you it's not for you stop avoiding the work be very real with yourself so for the people that are in the stage to finally start to see their father's humanity it's important to ask yourself what was my father ashamed of and how did that impact the way that he parented me, the way that he loved me, or the ways that he couldn't love me. Tune into what could your father have been ashamed of? Based on what you now know as a full-grown adult about men, and their wounding, and their pain, and their struggles within a patriarchal world, how can you start to remove your father from the pedestal of a God that's untouchable, that knows everything that is impenetrable and see the him just for the man that he is the man that he tried to be but fell short of the man that he was afraid of becoming for whatever reason like just seeing his humanity that is a big big part of our healing journey Because when we look at our fathers as anything other than human beings that were grappling with their own trauma, their own unprocessed grief, and were trying the best that they could, when we don't recognize them, when we don't recognize that about them, we don't accept that fact about their experience, when we can't hold that dilemma and hold that paradox like understanding that they were in pain and that pain caused us to experience a lot of pain. When we can't grapple with that paradox, what we do is we dehumanize, we dehumanize our fathers. And anytime we dehumanize somebody, we are also dehumanizing ourselves. There's no act of dehumanizing another person that isn't going to, that isn't going to first require you to erase a part of your own humanity. So the more that we can recognize their humanity, the more we can recognize our own. And so it's a, it, it happens simultaneously. It's, it's, it's not just about him. Again, it's not about him. I want y'all to recognize throughout this conversation, it is not about your father. It is about your relationship with yourself. You manifested a very, very wounded relationship with yourself as a result of this one. And to repair the relationship with yourself To have a profound relationship with yourself, this is the work you're going to require to do. Which doesn't mean after all of this work is done, you and your father are going to be catching 
you know, football together and going out to dinner every night. Like, no, you can do a lot of deep healing and understand that the healthiest thing you can do for yourself is actually never speak to your father again. That's growth. And having the discernment to know, like, wait, my healing is actually going to be in maintaining some kind of relationship with my father. Like, that is growth and maturity to have the discernment and self-trust to know where is your healing, where is your growth, and what act of connection is actually regressing in your growth. Like, me and my dad... I don't speak to him. That's where my growth is. So it, it, it takes a lot of healing. It takes a lot of discernment. It takes a lot of self-trust and self-confidence to be actually come to a space like that where you can be able to distinguish between your fears, your anxieties, and your savior complex. So the third one is going to be establish healthy boundaries. Anytime we establish healthy boundaries, we actually break free of any enmeshment that we have with anybody. We actually begin to carve our own path and we feel more embodied in our own truth. So in the relationship with your father, if your father is present in some shape or form in your life, start to establish boundaries in that relationship, but also start to establish healthy boundaries in your own life. And so that means that in your life, what areas can you be more assertive? Can you be more clear and direct with what you need in your relationships. Like that's going to be a deep healing within that relationship with your father wound because you have to remember the father wound is also incorporated with your relationship to masculine energy. So anytime that you can show up for yourself, protect yourself, safeguard your heart, Establish boundaries that create a container that allows you to feel safe, seen, and connected to the people around you. You're cultivating healthy masculine energy, but you're also clearing the imprint of the way your father loved you, the lack of that in your father's love and provision. So establishing healthy boundaries is going to be a big, big one. So I'm going to share two more. So the fourth one is restructure your relationship with God. So this is really important because we all exist within a world that has told us that God is a father. God is an old man in the sky that punishes us for not being perfect human beings. And that is going to fuck with you. That is going to fuck with you. That is going to really, really impact the relationship you have to masculine energy in general. But what happens is when we have a father like that, that is abusive, that is absent, that is emotionally unavailable, it also distorts our relationship with God. Because we're all on some level have internalized that God is a father. So if the father we're experiencing is abusive, absent, or unavailable, we start to project that person's limitations onto 
God. And so then we believe that God is also abusive. That's why these scriptures identify God as some kind of abusive dude in the sky that's like, you know, rigid. He's a perfectionist. <laughs> like, these are all people. These are all, you know, people that have edited these verses and scriptures. These are all of them just projecting their own father wounds. These are all just projections because we're taught to see God as a caretaker. We're taught to see God as a parental figure. Again, a lot of this programming is embedded within us, whether we know it or not, whether you're religious or not. Just ask yourself, when I'm describing the presence of God, do I swap that out for universe, for spirit, for the divine to avoid seeing God? Your discomfort reveals not God, but your relationship to the masculine. So it's important to start to relate to God in a way that feels healthy for you. So if that's starting to recognize, like, okay, God's the father in the sky. There's a father and a mother. There's a masculine and a feminine. That's helpful. And also learn new ways of relating to the masculine aspect of God. Notice how you've projected your limitations, your father's limitations onto God, onto the masculine aspect of God. And ask yourself, how can I start to be more open to trusting God's leadership, trusting God's plan for me, welcoming and being grateful for God's provision, God's guidance, how God protects me. That is a powerful way to start to spiritually relate to masculine energy in a new way. Because that relationship supersedes, your relationship with God supersedes all relationships. So our projections of God being, you know, needing us to be perfect in order to be loved by God is again, just the projection of our experience with our parents. So when we can actually start to form a new relationship with God, we're doing the work. We're still healing our father wound in that same breath. So that's a very big one. And personally for myself, was super healing to stop always seeing she when I was referring to God. I, I loved and connected deeply to the feminine aspect of God. And that was very healing for me. And I knew that in my journey, it was time to actually start to restore my relationship with the masculine aspect of God. And that required me to start praying to Father God, uh, Holy Father, and not just Divine Mother. So the last piece here is going to be either talk to a therapist or talk to your father. So there's going to be a lot of, a lot of discernment that's going to be required around this. There are going to be a lot of things that you want to say to your father. There are going to be a lot of conversations you want to have. There are going to be a lot of conversations you wish you had with him. And some of that is going to be required of you to actually communicate to him. But you have to know for yourself, where am I coming from? Am I coming from some hope of, if I say this to him, he's finally going to become the father I needed him to be? He's going to finally get it. He's going to finally see it. And we're going to have a great relationship. Where am I coming from? A place of just anger, disgust, disdain, and contempt. And I just want to say this and get this shit off my chest. If that's where your healing is, then I'm all for it. 
But again, it's about using discernment because if you realize that all of that is not going to lead to more growth, it's not going to lead to more healing, then a great place to express and to hold and to witness and to unpack that is going to be therapy. Like reaching out to a professional or a coach where you can actually begin to receive a supportive system around this work. Because again, none of this really should be done all by yourself. This is not a path you walk all along. So having a support system, if it's a close friend you trust, if it's a close friend that's done this work as well, is in a similar path as you, um, that's a great place to start to not just rely on yourself to stitch up these wounds, but bring in other people into your circle and to share what's going on with you and, um, and what you're discovering. Um, so that's, you know, sometimes going to be required you to actually share that directly with your father. Um, and sometimes it's going to be required you to share directly with a professional that can support you in that process if you find a lot of guesswork, if you're finding a lot of questions and a lot of feelings that you can't seem to grapple with on your own. So it's my last piece there. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, if you need any more support with this, if you feel like I left something out or you want me to expand on something, feel free to message me on Instagram. And with that, I'm going to end the episode here. Thank you guys for tuning in. And I'm going to wish you a beautiful day and a beautiful evening. And I'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.